Now on to our listeners. T3 understands what took place. The night you started listening to wrestling podcasts, you got down on your knees, put your little hands together and said a prayer and it sounded like this. Oh dear God, you see my name's Billy and I just love wrestling podcasts, but there's just one problem. They all absolutely suck. And then at that point, Billy, your house started to shake, the heavens opened up, and God himself spoke to you and said, Bob, but my name's really, it doesn't matter what your name is. You are absolutely right, they do suck. But there is one thing, and one thing only that you can do. You must go find the show that is simply electrifying. You must go find Take Two Takedown. Oh, but God, anybody but take... Know your role and shut your mouth. And then as fear went through your body, tears went down your cheek and piss rolled down your leg. Your house started to shake, the clouds parted and the heavens opened. And what seemed like millions and millions of voices said to you in unison, Jabroni, if you smell what T3 is cooking. Welcome, everybody, to episode 81 of Take Two Takedown. I am your host this week, John. Normally, we have one, two other hosts. That's Craig and Jeff. But uh, Craig went out to find Lars Sullivan's long-lost older brother. We knew him as Big Gene Snitsky. And um, Jeff is out scouting locations for uh, shooting his title sequence for his fake wrestling production that we have on the show when all three of us are together. So with that being said, lucky you. It's you and me, an intimate moment of listening to me give you all of my opinions. With that being said, we want to say thank you for joining me. If this is your first time listening, welcome. You've come at a special time. You get the best opinion of the show. Um, the only opinion that matters to me, um, you know, because I'm the guy that's smart enough to realize how awesome The Miz is, that Dolph is actually doing a decent job with playing up the oh, poor me thing. And, um, you know, I'm really good at our regular pick'em show. I think I'm four out of five right now. So anyway, with all that being said, if this is not your first time, then you know what you're in for, especially with the show hosted just by me. If you guys want to interact with us, don't forget we have a couple different ways. We're often on Twitter. You can find us at Take2Takedown. That's two spelt with two O's. You can email us at triple teabag at gmail.com that's the word triple the letter t bag at gmail.com we love getting your emails if you send them to us we read them online we like to answer your questions and you can ask us anything you want it doesn't have to be about wrestling we've answered questions about what's happening in the boudoir we've uh, answered fashion questions about why won't jorts ever come back but you know if you have a dire thing or you want to hear your voice, you can call us actually on our hotline. That number is 434-602-1931. Um, it's a recorded line, so you don't have to worry about talking for reals with one of us. But go ahead, call it, leave a long message. 
Tony, our single operator, has to listen to all of them, so we love torturing him. But anyway, feel free to join us on that. So, with all of the happy intros done, let's get into what's going on with Raw and SmackDown this week. In my opinion, Raw and SmackDown were nothing but, you know, rehashes of the matches we've had before and the matches we'll have at Stomping Ground. Um, some of the only notable things that happened this week, you know, Seth Rollins literally chaired everyone. If Seth Rollins was on the screen, you knew you were getting hit with a chair. And, I mean, EC3 got beat down, Eric Young got beat down, the B-team got beat down, Elias got beat down, um, I think the ring uh, bell guy got beat down, I think guy in CG32 that spilled his beer got the beat down. Seth Rollins is giving the chair to everyone and anyone. My problem with that is this. If Seth Rollins is your babyface champion, and you need to make him look hard, and you need to make it look like he has a shot at beating Brock Lesnar, why are you making it that he has to hit everyone with a chair? Like, why are you saying that he is not good enough to beat even a lackey like Baron Corbin without using a chair? And speaking of Baron Corbin, I've gone on record before, and I'm actually going to say it now, although he is not a good actor, I like the fact that he is trying his best to do the character that he has been given. I like watching him in the ring, so I don't really have a big problem with Baron Corbin. I just wish he either got better lines or acting lessons. Um, you know, speaking of acting lessons, where did this Lacey Evans come out of? The Lacey Evans that we saw this week actually spoke her lines well. They look like they work. They were fluid, like she actually meant them. Um, I get that going up against a promo talent like Becky Lynch, by the way, Becky Lynch, I love you so much. Um, going up against a promo talent like Becky Lynch, Lacey Evans had her hands full and had to do some work. But uh, I was really impressed this week with the promos that she cut. And I am uh, actually thinking it might be a good match at Stomping Ground. I don't know, but we'll get into stomping ground in a little bit. Um, what are some of the other things from Raw and SmackDown this week? Should we talk about the 24-7 belt? R-Truth has lost it. Drake Maverick actually posed as Carmella in the parking lot. And as Drew or as uh, Truth was trying to get into the truck, Drake Maverick basically bends him. Gets the belt, gets in a car, and goes away. Now, it's rumored that this 24-7 belt thing is going to uh, matriculate into Drake Maverick's wedding, and the belt change will happen there. And I think it's all fun and games. And we've talked about it, and I'm starting to jump on board. I like the fact that WWE is actually doing something a little off script to give us a little humor, to get more faces on TV, to actually push some other people into, even if it's just a week or two of having the spotlight on them, it gives them something. Um, I kind of like it. So I'm the only thing I got to say negative about it is that belt is hideous. That's an awful belt. They need to change that thing. Um, what they also need to change is this stupid-ass wild card rule. 
can we talk about the BS that this is? It's like there's supposed to be these five or six, and you can get fined or fired if you don't, and da 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 da. But I think on Raw we had ten, and then on SmackDown we had three. I know Kevin Owens has gone on some shows and said, hey, listen, it's an idea. It's to get faces on both shows. And we realize that's what it is. However, if you are going to put parameters on something, WWE, give it to us that way. Play within the rules that you set or change the rules so that we can play along with you. It's almost as annoying as saying we are going to announce the guest referee monday night raw no doubt about it you'll know who it is and the guest referee for stomping grounds is still a mystery it's ridiculous um we'll get more into it when we talk about stomping grounds and the problems they're having with that show but uh once again wwe do you know how frustrating it is once Oh, good, you got me. That's kind of cheeky. Twice, mm, I can live with. But when you do it on a repetitive basis, it just shows us, your fans, the people that watch your show and buy your products, that you don't have a clue what you're doing. And it's awful. And we're not happy. So cut it out. What we are happy about, one of our favorite things, and we hope you don't fuck it up, is the Firefly Funhouse. I can't tell you how awesome Bray Wyatt has made this little clip. So far, my favorite episode is uh, the Muscle Man Dance. And if you go onto WWE right now, and I'm sure into the internet world, you can find a number of uh, memes and gifs that you can put into your normal day conversations uh, with him doing the Muscle Man Dance. But uh, the complete 360 changing character the homage he has paid to his entire career and everything that he has done and the self-promotion alone that he has done in what six vignettes is incredible the man right now is a genius and watching him come into stomping ground is you know, I think this is one of my most anticipated things for this pay-per-view that I have no desire to even watch, but I'm gonna because, well, there's a podcast that I do. So I love the Firefly Funhouse. I want it to keep going. Going back to promos, Bailey is coming out of nowhere. I was never a big Bailey fan. I, you know, I like the hugger thing. She's sweet. She's girl next door. I don't have anything against her. But I just never had any, you know, pop. I didn't get anything from her where it was like, oh, this is a great character. But uh, in watching her promo this week, specifically with Bailey in uh, Bliss, uh, Bailey's coming off as a little badass. And I like the fact, once again, when we talked about Stomping Ground match, that this is a rematch between them. So I like that. What else? Anything else from Raw or SmackDown I can think of? Um no, because we talked about it last week and the week before that. We talked about it at the Greg Saudi Showdown. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about it in Stomping Ground because everything there is just a rematch. So let's get into Stomping Ground. Stomping Ground, like I said, is nothing but rematches. So the very first one, which we think is going to be the main event, is Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. 
the caveat to this is there is a special guest referee that Baron Corbin gets to pick. The whole wrestling community is saying it is most likely going to be Brock Lesnar or Paul Heyman or a combination of the other, and that no matter who wins this, there will be a cash-in and Brock's getting the belt. Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say they're holding off for the belt for SummerSlam. Um, I do think Brock will cash in for the belt at SummerSlam. So my thinking is special guest referee is probably going to be Triple H. He's got history of Stealth Rollins where they were the authority. He's got history with Baron Corbin where he was the general manager of Raw. There's enough that you can tie in a story that if you use this as a kickoff where Seth still looks strong, keeps the belt, it doesn't make Corbin look bad for getting pinned. And then they can both have heat on Triple H and Triple H can feud with arguably his top baby face. And this is where it gets iffy. Maybe one of the top heels on Raw. So that there's something there. But um, would I be surprised if it was a Brock Lesnar or Paul Heyman? Not at all. I'm just thinking a little more flesh, a little more meat on the bone would be a third party, kind of like a Triple H. Um, I've seen a really off-the-cuff prediction of Stephanie being the, the guest referee. I've seen uh, where somebody had said John Cena maybe, but just something way off-cuff that just kind of like it's a fun little pop. Um, but we'll see where they go with that. Uh, my prediction for this is that Seth Rollins is going to retain the belt because I don't think you're giving it up on uh, basically a show that is dedicated to a big boot. Which, who came up with Stomping Ground? What a horrible name for uh, pay-per-view and what a horrible show for, you know, I mean, what a lo the logo in and of itself reminds me of the old 1990s, early 2000s lug boots where, you know, if you were young and urban and hip, you had to wear these boots that look like, uh, you know, a caramel cookie with silver snaps on it. So not a big fan of that. And apparently the wrestling universe, the WWE fans aren't big fans of this show either. Because if you've been following along, WWE has not sold out this show uh, to the fact where they are offering special deals where you can almost get two seats in an upper tier for 20 bucks. Um, I think they're going to throw in free autograph sessions. And uh, Vince McMahon is actually going to stand outside the front door and shake your hand and thank you for coming. But um, they've gone so far as to completely screen off the hard cam side so that everybody is forced to be on TV to make it look fuller. And, I mean, Wow. I think that really has to tell WWE, like, your product is at a stale point right now, and what you are doing to reboot isn't happening. Um, but getting back into the actual matches for Stomping Grounds and predictions, uh, we then go to the WWE Championship between Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler, and this is a steel cage match. Now, I'm going to go on record and say that although people have never liked Dolph Ziggler, I kind of do. I think Dolph Ziggler is one of those workhorses, and he'll be who you need him to be when you need him to be it. And right now, you need him to be a foil for your champion because there's really nobody else there. 
So with that being said, Dolph Ziggler has done the best he could with a crappy storyline where he said, hey, Kofi, you know, you're great and all that, and we all love you, but um, it should be me. I should be the champion. And he's playing that neurosis up, and I kind of like it. However, I don't think Kofi Mania is done. I think uh, Kofi will ride the championship into SummerSlam as well. And this is not the match where Dolph Ziggler wins. Um, I think it might be a shady finish, but Kofi wins, um, especially since they've been promoting that, you know, Kofi needed Xavier to help him win. And uh, Kofi obviously needs to come out of this with a clean win. And I don't think that's going to happen so they can ride out the Dolph story more. Or if it does happen, they can just send Dolph back to Australia to do promos. But, um, you know, we'll see where it goes. I think Kofi's going to wind up holding it. Speaking of holding it, uh, the next match most likely will be the Raw Women's Championship, which is Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans. Um, I think I said it earlier in the show. I'm going to say it again. Lacey has never really impressed me, both in the ring and in her promos. But this week, this week she sold me. This week, watching her cut her promos, um, she looked invested. She looked like it wasn't rehearsed or she wasn't reading just cue cards. Like she knew what she wanted to say and she said it. And I'm just, I'm amazed. Like to watch her have to perform next to a natural artist like Becky Lynch just usually she's left lacking but this time I was pretty impressed with it so although a lot of people are saying that it would be the best place for Lacey Evans to grab that belt up to you know push her up the ranks and, and it's not really going to hurt Becky and Becky can win it back at SummerSlam I'm not too sure about that I think we haven't had enough of Lacey and Lacey hasn't shown enough in the ring that would bring her up to a level that she should be able to bet, uh, beat a Becky Lynch. I think if she does beat a Becky Lynch, it's going to be um, a heel win and it's going to evolve into another story with another wrestler where Becky's going to have to wrestle, say, Charlotte Flair to work her way to the champion Lacey Evans this time. But we'll see where it goes. The whole problem with this, and it gets into the Bailey and Bliss match that comes next, is that, you know, there's not enough female talent in the WWE universe. We keep going back to this, but if you only have four or five stars that you are using on a regular basis, and then you're trying to make the rest into a tag team, you know, it's suffering and it's bad and you need to bring up more talent so that we have more to see and that these people have more to compete with but my prediction for this as always is becky lynch i can never go against the woman i love and i love you becky lynch um side note here my co-hosts craig jeff and i all had conversations where obviously we picked our wwe crushes um mine is becky lynch we all know that um, come to find out, Jeff is a Bailey fan, and of course, Craig is an Alexa Bliss fan. Then we all decided, because you know, we all would ever meet them or what have you, or hang out in that whole group of female wrestlers that, uh, you know, if they were lucky enough to be with us, we would let them. So, just want to put that out there. I thought it was pretty funny that, uh, you know, like guys, we honestly think we have a shot with these women, but we know we don't. And screw you, Seth Rollins. Just want to put that out there, too. 
Um, speaking of Seth Rollins, uh, his buddy Roman Reigns is having a match with Drew McIntyre. Now, everybody thinks this is a pushover match. Roman Reigns should win this. But I'm going to tell you, I think McIntyre is going to win this one. I think McIntyre is going to win this one with another heel shady turn from uh, Shay McMahon. It brings McIntyre up because they're going to want him to be a contender soon. Um, it gives Shane a, you know, tougher look like he's still part of this clique that can do a beatdown on one of the biggest faces in WWE right now. And it really doesn't hurt Roman. It doesn't hurt Roman at all to lose because we still love him. He beat cancer. Right now, he's the Samoan Jesus of wrestling. I just want to let you know, we're going to like Roman until it's time not to like Roman again. And that time is going to be given to us by Vince McMahon. He's going to do something. He's going to pull some stupid stuff. And we're going to be like, oh, yeah, Roman, we don't like him anymore. But I honestly think Drew McIntyre is going to win this one. And uh, we're going to see that evolve into a ongoing feud all the way into SummerSlam, where it's probably going to be for some sort of belt or what have you. Now, speaking of another belt match... We have Samoa Joe versus Ricochet. And I honestly think this is probably going to be the most entertaining match. Um, and I hesitate a little bit because we got another match between KO, Sammy, and the New Day. And that can be a lot of fun too. But I think you put two workers like Samoa Joe and Ricochet in the ring together. Um, you give them a beef. Ricochet is the ultimate face. He's there to win a belt for the first time in WWE. Joe's there to just be the beast that Joe is. And uh, I think you're going to get a really good match out of the two. Um, Size-wise, I don't really see the matchup. But uh, I'm going to say Ricochet wins the belt. They love taking belts off of Samoa Joe. And we've seen it. Joe doesn't need a belt to be the badass that he is. As a matter of fact, I think Joe is better without a belt because he doesn't have to talk about how awesome he is that he has a belt. I love it when he's that hard charger coming up and he's going to kill everyone in his path. So I really think Ricochet takes the belt here. They can do a lot more with Ricochet and belt chases and what have you than uh, with Joe because Joe either destroys you or you beat him. Ricochet, there's a lot of... You know, could be false finishes, could be disqualifications. There's a lot more you can do with his character, I think. So I say Ricochet takes this one. Um, going back to New Day, Sami Zayn and KO, this is going to be another really good match, I think, in this crappy card. Um, these are two teams that sell, that are character-driven, and then take it into the ring and perform at the same level. Like, I love Big E and Xavier Woods. I love them with Kofi Kingston. I love the whole New Day thing. And after what? Is it five years now? Six years that they've been the New Day? Um, I, I still can't get enough. Like, they're still giving me new things, new entertaining things. They're driving characters. They're telling stories. And I love it. I think this is one of the only things that WWE is getting right right now is the New Day. Um, but with that being said, having KO and Sammy come up and the two of them working together and just being the bitter heels and all that, even Sammy with his, you know, wacky, I am the critic of the people and just being Sammy and, and always getting pinned and, and what have you. The whole thing, though, is that the shtick, it just works. It's just a good storyline. 
So looking at this match, thinking about it, New Day is not going to be hurt if they lose this match. They're not going to lose any face or anything like that. They're still going to be the New Day, especially when Kofi beats uh, Dolph Ziggler. They go back to being the three amigos, and we're all good. Um, I think Sammy and KO kind of need to win this one because they've been burying them on the regular shows for the last three weeks now. They've both been eating pins. They've both been taken out of the game no uh, multiple times. And uh, I just think for them to be kept in the light that they should be, Sammy and KO need a win on this one. So I'm going to give it to them. Um, on the SmackDown side, you've got Daniel Bryan and Rowan, the Planets tag team, versus Heavy Machinery. And later on down the road, if Heavy Machinery was given a little more time to build themselves up, I would say this is a toss-up. But... Heavy Machinery is fun to watch, and they're blue-collar, and I think this can build into a nice little feud uh, with the green team of Rowan and Brian. But I feel it might have come along a little quickly. Um, I think we need to build this a little more, so hopefully this is a kickoff. I don't think this is where Rowan and Brian lose the belts. Brian is at the top of his heel game right now. Rowan is that nice, stoic evil big ass guy in the background just the enforcer um and i don't know why you guys may not see it but every time i look at daniel bryan and rowan it throws me back to rick flair with arn anderson standing behind him as the enforcer and i don't know why that does that for me but it just and you know it just does and i love it so with that being said I think that Daniel Bryan and Rowan retain the belts here, but hopefully this is a kickoff for, you know, the green team versus the blue collar guys. So I like all of that. Um, I think outside of that, the only match we have to go over is the Cruiserweight Championship, which is a three-way match between Tony Nese, Drew Golick, and Akira Tozawa. Um, I think Akira Tozawa is just put in there for some flippy stuff because Gulak is more the mat wrestler. But listen, in this one, uh, as much as Tony Nese looks amazing and can perform, he is vanilla. This is like a Napoleon wrestling match. You've got vanilla. You've got Tony Nese. He's the current champion. He's good enough. Everybody loves vanilla ice cream. It's a good side to everything else. Then you get the other norm, which is if you don't go with vanilla, you get chocolate. So that's Akira Tozawa. We've seen him. We like him. He's good to have. But then you get a little pop of something different every now and then. You get strawberry, which is Drew Gulak. So Drew Gulak is the strawberry ice cream. And that's that little hit on the end where you're like, yeah, I like that sweetness. I like that little bit of something different. And I think this really comes through because Gulak of the three is the show his ability to do promos his ability to play off i mean even when he was playing off his powerpoint lists you loved it and i to this day i'm amazed that they haven't brought gulak up uh to the main card to see how well that shtick would play over because i think he's one of the bigger in the 205 crew and can actually go over there and perform at the wwe main card level and hold his own so with this, my prediction will be Drew Gulak. Um, and, then, and then, I mean, just because 
We have to have a match with the Revival and the Usos because apparently those are the only tag teams we have in WWE anymore. Um, right now, if you're keeping score, the Revival has the belts. The Usos are going to face them again. At this point, who gives a shit and who cares? One of them's going to walk away with belts. They don't matter anymore. We love watching the Usos come out. We love the Uso Penitentiary. It's great. They're fun to watch in the ring. We love the revival. We love the uh, no flips, just fists kind of thing. All of us has come back and said, oh, you should get the revival. They're like the tag team. But the problem is, is the revival can only be a really great tag team if there are other good tag teams around them. That's how they stood out in NXT. There were good tag teams, and the Revival were the tag team of tag teams. You don't have that in WWE. You have either two superstars thrown together, or you have a tag team that's just kind of bleh. It's been there. We've seen it. You know, the Usos had to get rid of the face paint and go to the penitentiary for us to like them. Um, you know, what other, like APO, where are they? Or, I'm sorry, AOP, where are they? You know, uh, the Ascension. I mean, these are all teams. The B team. The, the, the You don't care about them. We don't care about them, and we don't care about this tag team championship. So it's stomping ground for lack of a better choice or prediction. I'll say the Revival will retain. Why not? Who cares? They're part of the Shane stable now, at least for the time being. So I'll give it to them. Um... But I think, I think that pretty much covers WWE for right now. Um, going into stomping grounds. Uh, I am recording this on Saturday morning. Uh, hopefully I was trying to hold out for my buddies to come back. But like I said, uh, when you send two idiots out in the world, you're never going to find them again. Um, so Saturday morning, we're going to watch stomping ground tomorrow. Um, and if you, if you want to get in, we have a pick em challenge where we pick these things, so you got my predictions. But if you want to get involved in it, just email us at tripletbag uh, at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter, get in touch with us, and we'll get you in. Uh, we do it online, so you can get in any way, shape, or form. And if you're excited, there's a belt. We do a belt exchange uh, every four events, the big four. So right now... Our buddies over in Ireland, alleged, are sitting with a beautiful T3 championship belt, treating her right with a couple of pints. Um, don't worry, she's going to come home. I am well on my way to not winning again. Um, but uh, hopefully somebody else will win it. So anyway, speaking of winning... Let's talk about a promotion that we actually do like. Let's talk about AEW. Um, there are some rumors going around. Uh, we've got confirmation now. It was speculated, but we have confirmation now that right now it is planning that the shows will be two hours long. This is their TV contract. They'll be doing two-hour shows, and they were most likely to be either Tuesday or Wednesday nights. Uh, because this will be shown on TNT, and TNT has the NBA contract, we know that both Tuesday and Wednesday nights, TNT has uh, basketball games. So they're trying to figure out how they're going to preempt or move it or have it bounce between days depending on what basketball games they're going to air. So that's all getting worked out right now, and we'll see what happens. 
Um, some of the other things that are coming out of it, and this is what we really like. This is how AEW is doing it better than uh, WCW is doing. Um, WCW. <laughs> how about WWE? Um, anyway, uh, Tony Khan has come out to say uh, a few things like they want to do 100 to 120 live events a year, which is a lot less than what WWE is doing because they want to have a wrestler-friendly schedule. They also, and this is freaking brilliant, also say that they want to rotate the stable of wrestlers so that some wrestlers can go out and take on other international and indie dates that they want to do and still be on the AEW card. But it also, brilliance here, allows for us, the fans, to miss them to wonder what's going on, to want them to come back. Leave us thirsting. Let me see Cody Rhodes like four weeks in a row and be like, oh, he's such a badass. And then he goes away for a good six weeks or whatever. And he can come back and he's still that badass and he's still cool, but he's healthy and he's strong. And he's not being over, you know, produced and overshown week after week. I don't need the top 10 people you think you got every week on both shows listen Vince stop it give the reins to somebody else but they're gonna do that um, this all comes from when Tony uh, Tony Khan was on the Stone Cold podcast um, the other things that he's saying is that they want to have a heavy uh, tag team division both men's and women's they plan on starting out the televised live TV shows with a tag team tournament, both for men and women, so that they could get their uh, belts. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. It is novel that you would actually think a tag team division was wonderful and useful uh, because it's probably the best part of wrestling. I get to see not one, not two, but four of my favorite wrestlers fighting each other. You can do a lot more moves. You can do a lot more double teams. There's a lot more presentation and a lot more show in a tag team division. So I love where AEW is going with this. So this leads me to a conversation that I have with my friend Tony. Tony is one of the guys on Take Two. And if you don't know about Take-Two, we are part of the Take-Two family. The Take-Two family stems from a show called Take-Two, where we go through movies, TV, anything in the entertainment world. We like to talk about it, and Tony is probably one of the biggest brains on that show. Um, him and I got into a discussion about Disney movies and how Disney's taking over the movie and entertainment industry and how that may be a good thing for now, but it could be a bad thing later down the road. And I said, hey, Tony, listen, because he doesn't talk wrestling. I said, it's a lot like the WWE. Back in the 90s, the late 80s, early 90s, even into the first part of the 2000s, WWE was the thing, just like Disney is now. They've come and they've taken all these great franchises like WCW, TNA, Ring of Honor, and they've pulled all of these people out of them and said, let me get all the good stuff that's out of it and hold it close to my vest and I'll use the talent. And for a long time, they used it well. They brought talent up. We got great stories. We were vested and interested in what WWE's product was. 
much like Disney today. They're giving us the Marvel movies. They're giving us the Star Wars. They're giving us Pixar. They're giving us normal Disney movies. We love it all. We're eating it up with a spoon right now. But listen, the Star Wars venue, the last three movies have struggled. People have said how much they don't like them. Those all came out of the Disney camp. Now we're going to start seeing all these sequels. We're already on Toy Story 4, which is supposed to have a huge opening. Don't get me wrong. But people are going to get tired of that. People are starting to say, oh, look, Disney has projected that they're going to make every animated feature they ever did into a CGI live action movie. How often are you going to be able to do that and get rid of, you know, get pop out of it? And I hate to say it as much as I'm a huge fan with the Marvel movies, you know, we love them, but there's already been 22. Now we know we're at the end of that first wave. We're going to move into the second wave, and that's going to lead us into characters that aren't as well-known. Like, everybody knows who the Hulk is. Do you know who Quasar is? Do you know who Nova is? These are the people that you're going to be introduced to in phase two of this, and I don't know if it's going to transition well. I've been wrong, but we'll see. But that's what I love about being part of the Take-Two family. My love for wrestling, my love for entertainment translates into theirs. And listen, if you guys love movie and TV and entertainment world as much as I do, listen to our Take Two podcast. Listen to the stream where Brian or Tony on there. Listen to our ringleader, Brian, who has to keep us all corralled. Listen to probably the smartest guy on the show, Roy, um, tell you why he knows more than we all do. And then, of course, you have myself and Craig as the other co-hosts. And we're usually brought in for comedic relief or because we can lift and carry heavy things. And they're afraid of breaking their nails. Um if you like that, if you especially love the entertainment part, we have a spinoff show that Brian and Tony do, and they do it amazingly well. Uh, it's called Spotlight, where they put the spotlight on a certain actor or actress or what have you, and they really dive into their life, their career, some really cool facts about it that you wouldn't have known. And um, I think they put one out every 13 minutes at this point because they are just churning out the Spotlight shows. And then last but Definitely not least, because this is one of my favorite shows in the Take-Two world. Um, our buddy Roy, the smartest guy on the show, has a show called The Realm, where he delves into a little bit of sci-fi, but mostly fantasy uh, TV shows about magic and dragons and you know the whole wizarding world and all this stuff, where he gets into the movies and stuff, and that's a once-a-month show. So it's like that diamond amongst the, the gems and you get a good pop if that's your thing but that's pretty much the show for this week um i've enjoyed being alone with you uh obviously i enjoy going off on a tantrum of just my ideas next week you'll have uh all of us together and we are going to give you our rundown on what we thought stomping around gave us uh we'll tell you why wwe is still a piece of shit how much we are looking forward to aew and before i forget right coast pro don't forget they are still going to have their tiered division for champions um I can't tell you enough about this little indie production in the Delaware, Maryland, Virginia area. They are family forward. The wrestlers are great. The production value is great. It is a wonderful family opportunity. So if you have the opportunity, if you're in the Delaware area, go see their show. It's going to be amazing. 
Um, and with that, uh, Craig usually leaves you with a piece. Um, I am going to leave you with nothing because that's all I got. Have a good one, and we will talk to you next week. WTTP 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 WTTP